Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh. Binoculars. The podcast about the people, the world, our society. My name is Andreas Kobes, and this month I want to talk about American Sign Language. American Sign Language is an unspoken language by the deaf community, and I attended a talk about American Sign Language, but a special American Sign Language. You know how all languages have dialects or different characteristics? So does American Sign Language. And I want to invite you to learn about Black American Sign Language. In early November, I attended a talk at the University of Pennsylvania organized by the Linguistic Department, the Department for American Sign Language. And the key speaker of that event was Richie Bryant. Black. Yes, that's what Richie Bryant from Austin, Texas is. That is how the world is seeing him. But there's a silent secret about him. Something that is not visible. Brian is deaf. He worked as a professor at Sacramento City College and Austin Community College. And since 2015, Brian works as a science language interpreter. So why does it matter that he's black or deaf? Well, it's because it makes a difference. But before we can talk about that, we have to look back in history. School segregation, the division of white people and people of color in school, started in the early 19th century and ended in the late 20th century. Not only hearing children were affected by this law, but also deaf kids. Children in white deaf schools learned the white American Sign Language, and people in black schools learned how to communicate in black American Sign Language. When in the late 20th century schools were integrated again, children who were taught Black American Sign Language were facing problems. Their sign language was similar to ASL, though it was different in a way. When they started signing, their classmates and teachers had problems in understanding, and even worse, they saw it as incorrect. Black children were forced to adapt to the standardized American Sign Language, the white ASL, and give up what was part of their culture. But why part of their culture? That's because language, either spoken or signed, is part of our culture. It shapes the way we see and interpret the world around us, and it is also part of how we connect with each other. In brief, if you give up your language, you don't sign it anymore, you also give up a part of the world you used to be part of. That was not the only conflict that emerged from the segregation. An example is the Kentucky School for Deaf, where deaf kids of all color were taught under one roof, but segregated in different classes. Even though they were taught the same course content, black kids were in classes under the color division, and when they graduated, they in fact did not. What kids from the black division received was a certificate that they participated in the class. 
whereas their white fellas got their diploma. So, what that meant was that black kids did not have the same chances in the job market as their white fellows. A few years later, Sharon White, who is the former Kentucky Black Deaf Advocate president, finally took the case to get those alumni their diplomas, and she succeeded. The damage, meaning the inability to access the job market, is done though. An awareness of the struggle people of color who are also deaf. Have to concern is very important. Richie Bryant, in his talk, describes how he, as a black man, gets stigmatized with what society attributes to the black community. So once people get to know him closer, they understand that he's also deaf. We're talking about visible and an invisible attribute that. Makes Richie Bryant a member of two different subcultures. That is the reason why he and he says it's not only him identifies as black first and as deaf second. He does not say that these subcultures are equal because it is the way society sees him. It is the way the society shapes him. And then Bryant went on and talked about. Deaf society and culture in general, as in so many cases, the dominant culture frames the subcultures. In this case, it is the standardized white American Sign Language that frames the Black American Sign Language. It almost overtakes it. Black people found a way to deal with the struggle of American Sign Language and Black American Sign Language. They switch from Black American Sign Language when they are talking to peers. To American Sign Language when they communicate with whites. Most of the time, deaf Black people give up their Black identity in order to belong to the deaf community. It is the struggle between belonging to a minority in which you might not be able to communicate, or to belong to a minority group that can express itself the way you do. I want to tell you how explosive. The topic about Black American Sign Language and American Sign Language is, and this is why I want to bring up Nalee Marco. He is a model and deaf activist, but most of all, Nalee Marco is white. When he tweeted how to sign Black Panther the movie in February 2018, the Black deaf community got really offended. How dare white man tell us how to sign a movie that is predominantly about us? This incident. Led to a discussion between several deaf scholars, and they come up with three official signs for the movie title. You might have asked yourself what the difference is between American Sign Language and Black American Sign Language. Well, there are certain signs like laughing, chicken, cornbread, cards that are significantly different than the White American Sign Language version. But it is also about what is happening with your body language while you are signing Black American Sign Language. The features of Black American Sign Language are strongly influenced by Black hearing traits, and so the facial expression and the sign spatial is different than in American Sign Language. So on my webpage, you will find the article about this podcast, and at the end of it, you will find some YouTube videos that will show you what Black American Sign Language looks like. Let's go back. Richie Bryan closed his talk with a question and answer. 
people asked how they could help to stop oppressing the Black American Sign Language into their everyday sign language as well as into the academic field. One guest in the auditorium demanded to answer that question since he is a member of both the Black and the Deaf community. He signed that help is a bad word and support would be better in this context because help implies that something is wrong and the community that is struggling from it is too weak and needs the stronger community to help them out. Bryant added that first white people have to support themselves to demand for acceptance in the world as a deaf community and can then come and ask how they could support the black deaf community. Next, Bryant was asked about the Black Lives Matter movement and how it involves deaf people of color. He expressed that the movement encourages every race to have equal opportunities, and he added that the Black Lives Matter movement in Dallas, specifically, asked for an interpreter. A hard-hearing young woman of color came up and signed that her parents never allowed her to sign, and so it took her until college to learn how to express herself with the help of American Sign Language. Since she learned white American Sign Language, she wanted to know how she can connect with the black deaf community in order to learn her cultural version of American Sign Language. Brian said, the Philadelphia chapter of Black Deaf Advocates are hosting several events throughout the year and are a great chance to get involved. Finally, people were curious about how Bryant interprets English poems and signs them. He said he first thinks about the author's intention and secondly about the time period and what black and white people were struggling with at that time. Last, he puts those two steps together and translates it into an interpretation of English poetry into Black American Sign Language. American Sign Language, an unspoken language that has a history of oppression similar to the history of America. The difference of being black and deaf compared to being white and deaf is that you have to give up part of your identity in order to be part of a larger community that understands the daily struggle that you are dealing with as a deaf person. It would help though if the dominant culture gave up parts of their identity for the sake of peaceful togetherness and form a new melting pot identity. And... <laughs> This concept does not only apply to the deaf community. This was the show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have questions, just shoot me an email. You'll find my contact information on my homepage. Um, I'm happy for any critique. I also want to thank a few people at this point. My editor, Fran Copes, and my co-editor for this episode, since she has special knowledge. Amy Lewis, who is a professor of linguistics and communications at the Community College of Philadelphia. She is in a American Sign Language interpreter program at the Community College and brought me into this field. And I want to thank both of them. Also, thank you for the production. Thank you, James Copes, for helping me edit this podcast.
The next episode on the 15th is still going to be about American Sign Language, but it is an interview with an American Sign Language professor at the Community College of Philadelphia. And we had the chance to get into a conversation about American Sign Language in general and what it means as a white person to fight for acceptance and um, to the daily struggle as a deaf person in a hearing community. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Andreas Kopes. Auf Wiederhören und bis bald. Binoculars.